Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. Do you know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That TV Talk. Hello, listeners. Oh, we're back. We're here. We ain't going anywhere. Because we can't. But um, well, it, it's opening up a little bit. It's I don't know how it is. Gently opening where we live, yes. Gently, well, yes. I I told you I rented a car. I was all over the place. I was in Malibu, Santa Monica. I'm Love just Malibu. Oh, everywhere. Well, listeners, I hope that you are safe. And we hope yes. you're safe. We hope you are. Please. Um, you know, taking it easy as things start to lighten up and open up. Uh, but in case you like me, you don't want to do too much. <laughs> yes. And so you, you know, yes. you dip the toe in the water before you jump in. Well, see, I'm a jump in girl. Um, oh, you are. So you don't, you yeah. don't like test the to see what the temperature is. No, because I'll talk myself out of jump. Because that's torture. Just like, oh, uh, uh. you know, um, I just go ahead and just jump on in there. But um, cannonball <laughs> style. No. <laughs> <laughs> but just in case you're like the critic and <laughs> you want to dip your toe in society and remain the rest of your body remaining at home we've got some tv shows and also we we have a sneak peek and a first look so i'm just saying this is pretty pretty amazing we are going to start with some series premieres now this is the new stuff that's out we're going to start with a very new show that is on amc In fact, it's not only a series premiere, but a series finale. (laughs) It's a mini-series. It's a mini-series. It's just three episodes. It's called Quiz. And it's on AMC, like I said. And it's going to air uh, across three consecutive weeks. So you'll be able to catch it. The critic was able to take a look. And I'm curious... um, what quiz is all about now amc i mean they were the king for a while and and then hulu snuck in and started doing some stuff and fx and stuff but is this fx clean 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 i mean cleaned 
everybody's clock. Mm. But is does this look like something that's putting AMC back on the map? Well, you know, like you said, it is just a miniseries and it finished tonight. Um, so I have finished all three episodes. It is about the scandal across the pond at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the original. Oh, there was a scandal? Yeah, I didn't know this either. No. I had no idea that there was like a, a actual, you know, court case. And oh my Criminal gosh. charges. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Sounds like that McDonald's uh, fiasco. Oh my God. Monopoly. If you haven't watched that docuseries on oh. HBO, I am telling y'all, we don't cover this stuff on Why Watch That. Watch that. I'm not even a, a true crime person. I don't go into it. But I had to watch that. It was fascinating. You do not know what's coming. You have no idea. These people oh. are characters. Oh. It's almost like, is this real? These are real. What? Just watch that. Okay. So if you liked that, then maybe quiz is something we can tie that in. Yeah, maybe quizzes. Now it's British, so yes. it's yeah. not quite as crazy. But they do have their characters now. Um, Matthew McFadden, yes, mm, yes. You know him from Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. The movie. Yeah. Uh, he plays Charles Ingram. And Charles Ingram is um, a military man. Uh, by the way, this takes place in 2001. Oh, okay. Yes. So, okay. Simple times. Yes. So it takes before, it starts before and goes to after. Mm, okay. happened in 2001. Okay. So, you know, he's just living his life. He has his wife uh, and kids and his wife loves uh, what they call quizzes in Great Britain. So you can go to a pub and you know, you just play quizzes, what we call trivia. Yeah. Trivia night. So they do, she loves it. Her whole family loves it. She has a disagreeable brother who loves it. And so one, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire comes out. Now we see also the producers of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because uh, the show that eventually became that, when they pitched it originally to the network, the network was like, a oh, pass. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody <laughs> wants to see an original British like game show. We get our game shows from the States. <laughs> oh. So there's a change at the network. The new person in charge is like, I'm interested. They find that there's something compelling about it. So this comes to the fore. And the brother of uh, Charles's wife says, I'm going on this thing. Mm. Now, there is a whole community of people who know the tricks of the trade to get on game shows. Because you yeah. can't get on. So yeah. they, they trade secrets. They have all these schemes to get you there. And they do the same thing who who wants to be a millionaire. So it ends up being the same sorts of people coming on the show. And the producers and everybody are like, why are all of these people, you know, what they look like? They don't look like the diverse populace. Mm -hmm. What's going on? So the brother gets on the show in the chair, wins some money. His sister, Charles's wife, gets in the chair. Oh, whoa. Wins some money. And a whole bunch, a, a bunch of other people do. And then Charles himself, reluctantly, he doesn't go on this show. He's like, it's not my thing. He gets in the chair. And you know what happens when he does? He wins. 
Now, how did he win? Because he he becomes a millionaire. Mm. He goes all the way. And he has this strange style of, of playing. Nope, they've never seen this before. It's very strange. And they start noticing that something was happening every time he changed an answer to a correct answer. Are there people who are behind this helping him and cheating? <gasps> they contact the cops. A whole bunch, three people get charged. Charles's mm. wife and someone else who I didn't mention. And they stand trial. Oh. Now, when we see this from our perspective, we're like, it's obvious that they did something cheating. We see, we see not only him sitting in the chair and what happened, but before he got into that chair, what they were doing. His wife, by the way, was co-writing a book on how to do this. Oh my gosh. So, okay. And then you get through the trial and all that. The question is, is it still what you think it is? What's the outcome? Because I had no idea about the news on this. What actually happened? What are they doing right now? So this show, <laughs> from the beginning, I was like, ooh, this is very interesting. Mm. Now, I mean, the casting is wonderful. I mean, uh, look, our boy, Mr. Michael Sheen, plays oh. the host of the show. Of course okay. he does. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a whole bunch of other, you know, British veterans in this. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, even when I didn't find it as interesting as other parts, it was always professional. There's something about professionalism that I love. And they had a lot of moments where I was like, ooh, what's happening? When you get to the third episode, you think you know, but you really don't. And Helen McCrory uh, plays the barrister who is defending them, and she's just having a lot of fun. So it was just great to see that actual trial come to fruition because from the beginning, you see that they're on trial. You just don't see it happening. Also, what are the repercussions of all of this? So if you had no idea of this story and you're interested, I say, check it out. You, It's already aired. See if AMC is going to air it again. Or of course, you can uh, check out their app or on demand if this is your kind of thing. I would say it was definitely good. Okay, AMC's trying to make their comeback. Well, they're well, coming back with other people's stuff. Well, yeah, for the Brits. <laughs> may I destroy you? I may. I? Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, yes, right. You may. You may. <laughs> well, this is on HBO. May we, may we. And I have to say that they've been show. So when I watch Insecure, like right before I watch it, they always show this, um, the trailer and, you know, snippets from it. And to be honest with you, I have no idea really what this is. Something grave happens to this girl. And this is the same um, star co uh, and creator from, remember that show Chewing Gum on Netflix? Yeah. She's a Brit and she... Um, is, you know, the equivalent to Phoebe Waller. I don't, you know, I just, yes, maybe yes. she is. But when you watch the trailer, and you're going to tell us about it, when you watch the trailer, it looks, she has some sort of weird memory loss. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and living a really robust lifestyle. 
And you'll, you, I'm sure you'll get into that because the trailer's kind of, you know, showing her whatever happened the night before, she don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where, you know, people were like, girl, you were doing your thing. So this is 12 episodes, which is unusual for HBO for a new series. So curious to see if they're going to be able to maintain this momentum for 12 episodes. Yeah. Tell us about this. Um, wow. Uh, so, yeah. Now, I haven't seen Chewing Gum. I haven't watched it. Um, I have seen uh, Michaela in Top Boy. Yeah. Which is coming back hopefully later this year, and then I'll review it at that time. Um, and, of course, she's done Black Mirror. But like you said, I mean, this is her show. She wrote every episode. Uh, of course, she created it. She's co-directing some of it. Um, so it's her baby and what a mind she has. I'll put it that way. Mm. Now from the opening, the first episode, uh, the second episode is airing or just aired now. The first episode, you kind of get to know these people. I was kind of like, okay, where's the like title? So Michaela's playing Arabella, who's a writer, a successful one. I mean, we see in the first episode, she's just walking down the street in London and, and people are walking up to her going, oh my gosh, is that, are you uh, Arabella? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I read such and such. Uh, so, okay, she has some sort of a presence in the public. Now, she's not like mega famous, but you yeah. know, she's successful. And she has gone to Italy at the beginning to visit a boyfriend. And she's supposed to be there writing Mm. her agents expected they you know they are funding this did she write anything okay so she has to come back and you know try to cobble some stuff together and during this night when she's doing that she just has writer's block she can't just get it out of her mind you know just the problem of writing and what should she write a friend comes over and tries to help her um by telling her no you're not going out you know i'll sit with you but he goes and she is invited out. And while she's invited out, uh, she decides to go out for an hour. But there are some substances involved. Mm. And she enjoys them. But presumably she does go back to work. We see it. Now, what does she write? Does it make any sense? You'll see whether that's the case or not when you watch this, if you decide to. But then at the very end, ref, of episode one, we think, okay, fine. She just is trying to figure this out. The very end, there's a flash of a memory. Mm. And it ain't good. Because when she was at this bar, she had trouble walking. Now, is it the substances or is it another substance? Mm. Like a roofie? There you go. Mm, no. So she gets a flash and she goes, <gasps> episode two. She still hasn't grasped what may have happened. Right? So I haven't finished episode two. I just watched it to see where it was going. So in episode two, she's trying to piece this together. She reaches out to her friend who invited her out. Cause she doesn't remember. She's like, well, did, did I make it back? You know, how did I get this cut on my head? 
my gosh. And episode two, the title is Someone is Lying. So what I expect, and based on the trailer that makes sense, is that this is going to snowball into something real bad. Because right now it's really tame and calm. But I can see what Michaela's doing. This is the more that Arabella remembers, the more the picture becomes clear, the more the title will come to be. So we'll see how well they develop this over the course of 12 episodes. The first episode, Raph, I was kind of like, okay, these people, take them or leave them, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Once we got to the end, I was like, okay, let's see what happens in episode two. And that's where I am now. I do want to see how it unfolds and I'll go as far as I can. I mean, you know, I will stop. Like uh, that show on HBO Max that they renewed had to stop. What show? With Anna Kendrick. Oh, love, love life. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Cause I see gotcha. y'all gotta y'all gotta develop it right. We'll see what they do with I May Destroy You. So far, I'm interested. I want to see where it goes. Well, I tell you what, she and Phoebe are really going head to head with these, um, just really rocking out these shows, very particular, peculiar shows. I may check it out. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But you also got a chance to see, now we haven't talked about this network in a, I think the last time we talked about this network was like either Arrow or Flash. Yeah. But CW has a new show, or excuse me, um, a, a, a show returning called Bulletproof. This is its second season. Oh, wait, can I go back to, may I destroy you? Is that an hour or half hour? Half. Okay, good. Oh, these half hour dramas. Mm. Um, Bulletproof. Well, which, it's kind of like, it does have a little comedic kind of thing in it. Oh, okay. So, okay. so right now, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up. Right now, it's not heavy. You're not watching it, going, "Oh, this is a disaster." Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's just like her. You're you're in her shoes. You know what she knows. So, gotcha. it, you know, she gets a flash. We get the flash, and so we're all like, "What?" She's kind of like, "Is this real?" I don't even know. So we haven't gotten to where you know I get the pitchforks out. <laughs> well, back to bulletproof. Yeah. You um I don't quite remember what this is about. So you have to refresh our remember memories um with this but it's it's back for season 2 and I am in awe to be honest with you of shows that are premiering either series or new seasons of shows especially among, um, as we are, you know, in this pandemic, it's just super interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and this is also across from Across the Pond, um, starring Ashley Walters and Noel Clark. Now, Ashley Walters is Duchesne and Top Boy. That's him. So instead of playing a drug dealer, he plays a detective in this show. Uh, And he and his uh, best friend are partners and they are trying to infiltrate organized crime. So it's interesting watching him in Top Boy and in this because it's kind of like the same guy if he were in different circumstances. (laughs) Um, So in this second season, there's something going on with with the brass in the police department, let's say that. And while this is happening, 
um, the two friends, uh, Ronnie and Aaron, they decide, let's go undercover and try to expose, you know, this criminal syndicate. Why not? Now, after season one, the question is, what about their personal lives? We know that Aaron, his relationship uh, did not end well in, in season one, and it didn't change so far in season two. For Ronnie, he has a wife, he has kids. His older daughter is growing up. She's talking like she's in Top Boy, and, you know, Aaron's looking at Ronnie going, when is she turning into a gangster? <laughs> so, you know, that whole thing is happening. Also, their um, boss, she has something going on in her personal life that may compromise her. We see that in the first episode, what's happening there, and so on and so forth. So, you know, the great thing about this show is it's not a lot of episodes. I mean, it was six episodes in the first season, eight episodes will be in the second season. So if you want to see this kind of show for police detectives in this time, let's not gloss over that. It is not the kind of show that glorifies the cops. These are real black dudes in Britain. I'll put it that way. And they are going after organized crime. So keep that in mind. And me watching it, I, it's just diverting. It's kind of like if Hawaii 5.0 was slightly more serious and mm. from the Brits. Uh, so they have their fun. I, the, the whole dynamic between Ashley and Noel as the two lead characters is the show. Like they just have a great rapport with each other. Um, so that would be the reason to watch it. And again, it's not a lot of episodes, but it is an out, well, you know, like 40 something minutes per episode. So there you go. That's bulletproof. I think it's interesting. I, I, I do vaguely remember you talking about this and it just seems like an odd network. Mm -hmm. in my mind for some reason it doesn't yeah. feel cw ish well that's maybe know. why i'm watching it um yeah <laughs> <laughs> now look cw is like we need to fill programming in the summer uh, yeah yeah this is not, now it's not so far from that brand that it makes no sense but it is them reaching yes that's true got it Okay, we both got a chance to see the season finale of Insecure. Mm. Low-key Lost was mm. the name of the episode, the final episode, episode. And it's already been renewed for season five, and it ends that way. So yeah, I, <laughs> the ending, <laughs> this ending, there better be a season five because... Um, I don't know if we're going to give it all away. I'm not sure if you want to do that. I don't know. If, we'll have to figure it out. But we both got a chance to see it. And um, you can go ahead and I'll just probably chime in and interrupt you and annoy you. <laughs> yeah, so season four, really, um, there have been two major storylines. Uh, so we have Issa, of course, we have Molly. The mm -hmm. dissolution of their friendship has been the major driving force. Issa is still trying to, you know, do the community outreach events that surprisingly worked for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so could she keep that up? Now, the person who helped her with that was Dayton Lawrence. Uh-oh. Now, what happened with that relationship? 
What about Issa and Lawrence? Hmm? What's going on with them? And then Molly and her boyfriend. Huh. What's happening there? What's happening? That's the question. So it's all surrounding Issa and Molly pretty much throughout the season. And at the end, we do see something happen between Issa and Molly because they're not friends no more. What brought them back together? It was something very alarming. Who? <laughs> yes, very alarming. Also, when it comes to Mr. Lawrence, where is he going? Because after, you know, the, the first few seasons, we know he got his act together, he's making money. Is he going to San Francisco? These questions always come up and that remains to be answered at the end of the season. And I mean, you know, what is there to say really plot-wise about Insecure? Um, the thing is for me, here's what I have to say about this season. I'll start with the bad. There's one storyline that I did not need at all, period. Good choice. That's Molly and the boyfriend. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. Means nothing to me. Actually, to be honest, I don't care about Molly. I don't like Molly. I don't like meaning the character. Don't yeah, like yeah. the character. I'm like, okay, Issa, just move on. Because if you're going to be a friend, even if you have friends who are challenging, in my opinion, you have two options with challenging friends. When they come to you with problems all the time and don't listen to you. Don't be their friend no more. <laughs> and that's fine. Or if you're going to be, then just let them talk. Why are you bringing stuff up all the time? And we see that play out with the boyfriend. We see it. And she always thinks she's right. It's just not, I don't want to see that. So that's just me. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, I did find interesting Issa and Lawrence. Because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> like when, when what happens, happens. I'm like, oh, do we really, uh, we really go in here with that? Also, I was more interested in the blip of the relationship we got in this final episode, Ref. That little blip with Tiffany and her husband. Derek, yeah, yeah. That was much more interesting to me than all the time we spent with Molly. Much more interesting. Much more. Also, uh, Natasha Rothwell's character, Kelly, I can watch her all the time. <laughs> she's hilarious. I, th just the whole perspective, she always makes it fresher when she's on the screen with them. Yeah. Let's get more of her. Where is Neil Brown Jr.'s character? We saw him once. I need more. I know he's doing other stuff. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. But this final episode, I did find very interesting. Um, at first watching it, Raph, I was like, okay, where are we going? And then they start turning it into something. It was just interesting how they pieced that together. Um, so I would say that I'm still watching Insecure. Uh, I still like to see LA through their eyes. Yeah. I feel like I'm there in a way that I want to be. Um, and I, I do applaud them. They were trying some stuff this season. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't but it certainly was never unwatchable. I enjoyed um, the finale. Prentice Penny, who is the showrunner, um, as well as the director and the, and, the, and the writer for this episode, 
I actually met him. He's a really, he's, he is, he is such a dynamic person and he has a huge, um, longstanding reputation for other shows that he's been on. I mean, he's put in his time and this episode, you can definitely sense that maturity. You know what I mean? Since that, that, that very guided, I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and like you said, he wrote and directed it. Yes. Which yes. a lot of people fail at. Very much. Well, he's showrun. He's showrunning, <laughs> wrote it and directed it. Yeah. So it really was his baby. And I felt safe. I felt safer in that last episode than I had before. Molly and her boo. Um, I have I I agree with you. I've been struggling with Molly but since day one. Just struggling. Um, I don't like the dynamic of their relationship. I know a lot of people do, but some of these girls, I just don't know them. I I don't know if it's a generational thing. I'm not that far removed, but it just it just, the, the the dynamic between them and among them, I just don't know them. But what I did like this season to end it is that they are they explored the crossover of that weird crossover that we all made or make or are making when we are in our early 30s <laughs> and we're no longer kids. Yeah. No longer young people. We are merging into adulthood and you see like Issa's basically the poster child of it, of her you know, doing away with Lawrence, trying to do better, lost for season two. Season three, she's just trying to, you know, find herself again. And in season four, we really see a beautiful evolution and she's on a high and then she gets kicked in the gut with the finale. Yeah. And Molly, who you see, who's been, you've seen on a high for a while, kind of, it deteriorates. And we see her even in therapy, and her therapist having a hard time. Now, when your therapist has a hard time, <laughs> I look. I got. I got something to tell that therapist. I got some ideas. <laughs> I bet you do. So anyway, um, I think insecure listeners. Here's the deal. This is another half hour comedy, but there was a lot of drama this season. Yes. A lot of drama. Um, mm-hmm. And. I think that if you haven't started it already and you just got HBO Max or you're, you know what I mean? Like you're just trying to figure out something and Hey, let's just, let's just put it out there. This is a different black perspective. So if you're looking for something different, not the shy, not, you know, wire, not Wu Tang, not, or, or let's just flip it all the way. Not, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Like if you're looking for a very modern um, millennial, it's it's millennial to the T, mm-hmm. but black perspective. And if you like some good music, like good um, cutting edge music that you wouldn't normally listen to on Spotify, I think I, Insecure is worth starting. And I think you should start from the beginning. It's just a half hour. You could breeze right through the series and be prepared for season five. Yeah, but I you certainly chance- concur. Oh. I concur with that. Yep. Oh, good, good. I, although I do have a hard time with those ladies, though. I just sometimes I'm just like I don't know these people. 
I don't. I don't. Just look, I don't yeah. need the nastiness. Like, I just don't. Exactly. I'm, exactly. And I like Issa, regardless of her flaws. Like, you like her. Yes. We know her. So it's like Molly, like, they need, she needs dimension. dimension. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I, I completely agree. Now, let's switch over to movies because we've been talking about TV and some people want to watch, you know, some yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie called 7500. Yeah. Or 7500. 7, or 7500. <laughs> or 7500. Whatever you, however you want to look at it. You got a chance to see that. It is available on, you know, you can catch it on the 19th of June on Amazon Prime. And this is directed by Patrick um, uh, Walrath. It is written by him, but also Sanad uh, Halabasic, Basic, Halabasic also wrote it as well. The cast is, I'm gonna be honest with you, it is not a cast that you would immediately go, oh, I know these people. It's, they look um, European maybe. Some of these folks I've seen in other, in other things. Um, and you can go through Critic and tell us where we may have seen some of these people. But again, we're dealing with a subject matter that is, you know, mm-hmm. terrorism, basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and well, the one person you do know is the star, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So right, for, yeah. and we know him from Geez, uh, Inception, and uh, yeah, Eric Rock from the Sun, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, all five hundred days in summer. I mean, you what know. was that? Why are we, what was it? Where he was a um, type the walk, of, the walk, the walk, the walk, mm-hmm. the walk. Yep, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been in basically half of the movies that Hollywood has made now. <laughs> you know, he is kind of sneaky. He'll, he'll sneak up on you. He will sneak in there. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his work, so I have no problem with that. You do you. Plus, one of my favorite movies, he's in 50-50, just one of my favorites. You do love that movie. Um, now, for 7,500, another title with numbers in it. He plays the, you know, the first pilot, the co-pilot. So he's not the captain of the plane. And it's a commercial plane. They're going from Berlin to Paris. Okay. So the movie starts and we see them going through the whole motions of getting the plane ready before people board. Uh, They're checking all of the systems. He's with the captain. You know, the flight attendants are getting on and all of that. They're like, oh, it's stuffy in here. You know, that kind of just real life stuff. And we find that one of the flight attendants, they have locked eyes. Why? What's going on with that? Do they have a secret? Mm. I won't give it away. So they get everything ready. We see kind of the dynamic of the plane, the, the crew, how they all work together, great. And then the people board and they're, are a couple of people who haven't checked in for the flight. Their bags are checked. Their bags are on the plane. Hmm. Stowed away. But they ain't there. 
So, you know, the people at the airport go to the captain like, well, what do you want to do? And the captain's kind of like, I'm ready to go. Teach them a lesson. <laughs> Get their bags out of here and we can go. Do they actually make it onto the plane? Does this mean anything? I won't tell you. So the plane takes off finally. They get going, everything's fine, and you know what happens based on what the ref said. The question is how and why? Hmm. And you know it's starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So you know he's going to have to do a lot of problem solving if he's going to survive this. And the little things that you learned along the way you know are going to play out in the end. There will be certain situations that Joseph's character will be in that will be very uncomfortable. He will have to make certain decisions that will be life and death decisions. One of the questions will be, do you save an individual or do you save the group? No oh boy. Now, we do have these terrorists. Do we get to know them? Maybe. Yes, depending on who you're talking about. But why? What's the point of it? And now let me go into my review because that's pretty much all I can give away. This is straightforward. I mean, it's not that yeah, difficult. Yeah. We've seen movies like this before. So the question is, why now? Why this movie? Do you want to see it? I like watching people work. Like that is just something I like. And the more, the older I get, the more I think about what I like. That's just something that's consistent. I will watch cooking shows even though I'm not going to eat the food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, like I don't care about the food I just like to watch the process so in the opening I was like ooh let's just it wasn't even that big of a deal I was just interested in them getting the, the plane together <laughs> okay. and they just do it matter of factly like you said uh, outside of Joseph you know it's, it's a lot of European vets here acting in this and I was just kind of hypnotized by it then when the whole uh, terrorism thing happens, okay, let's see the thought process. Let's just see how you work your way through it. Fine. And I was fine with that. I was cool. This uh, movie it comes in at under an hour and a half for the literal runtime of the, the, the film you're watching. So it's not long. So I was like, okay, let's, let's go. Toward the end, they try to humanize one of the terrorists, which I understand. But if you're gonna do that, you gotta do it well. And it was not done well. And it was a bit too much of it. I, there, I'll tell you this, everybody. You will see it coming before it comes. Everything. You'll know who's in trouble, who's not. You'll know what decisions they'll have to make. It's no surprise. But it was just the, the execution I was fine with. And then the end, I was kind of like, mm, y'all, I know what y'all trying to do. You're trying to say, well, this is not just another terrorist movie. We don't want to make, you know, terrorists look, you know, well, people who become terrorists, we don't want to demean them anymore. Got it. But you, then you're going to have to do it well. I don't know if they quite nailed that. But again, it's not that long. So I will say, if you, if you want to see this in the air thriller, it's not like, oh my goodness, I'm grabbing onto the edge of my seat, but it will keep your attention for the most part. It was the last 20 minutes or so when I was kind of like, mm, okay, whatever. But it was brisk for the most part. I didn't mind watching it. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. So why not? And the question I'll leave you with is this. What does 7,500 mean? I know what it means, but I don't have to tell you. Yes. <laughs> Well, you got a chance to see, take a first look 
at, I mean, the gracious Spike Lee. He's back and he is coming to us with the five bloods. Mm-hmm. And I said it purposely that way. It's D-A, five bloods. Yep. So don't, no. Don't. And it's all throughout the movie, the White House. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So this is on Netflix and this scares me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only because Netflix, they don't say no to nothing. It's like <laughs> they don't give me any notes. So unleashing Spike Lee, especially at a time like this, is makes me nervous for others, not for me, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but so here we go with a classic Spike Lee situation. You know he's directing it. I feel like every time Spike Lee gets involved, there are 8,500 writers. <laughs> so we have Danny Bilson. We have Paul DeMeo. We've got his, you know, long time. Uh, I mean, how long has Kevin Wilmot been, you know, around Spike Lee? And then Spike Lee. So you have four writers to this thing. And then you've got every black male actor it, that exists. Well, maybe not everyone, but namely, you've got the Black Panther starring in this, and this is Chadwick Boseman is in it, along with one of our favorite, kind of unknown, Jonathan Majors. Look out for him. He's got mm-hmm. something coming at us on HBO that looks super interesting. Yes, uh, yes. We have Off our favorite. country. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Delroy Lindo from The Good Fight. He's coming at us. Clark Peters, Norm Lewis. Does he sing in this? No. Uh, <laughs> Paul Walter Hauser, who earned my respect um, with his last movie, along with, you know, Gene Reno. Anytime you have Gene Reno, in, I, I just automatically curious what in the world is he doing here? Yeah. Along, I mean, just, I can go on and on and on. It's about Vietnam. I feel like Spike's tackled World War II with, uh, you know, uh, that World Miracle War II at movie. Miracle at St. Anna. Miracle mm-hmm. at St. Anna. Now we're at Vietnam mm-hmm. and Spike Lee. What's going on here? And it's Netflix. A lot is going on. I'm um, sure it is. <laughs> now, <laughs> The Five Bloods is a, it's a group of uh, black men who fought in Vietnam together. That's what they are. Um, and four of them made it out. So the one who didn't is played by Chadwick Bozeman. So Chadwick Bozeman is in the flashbacks. And these four survivors have come back to Vietnam in the present day. Wait. Why? Why? Well, the remains of Chadwick's uh, character, Storm and Norm, who was their squad leader. They want to get his remains and give him a proper burial. But there's also something else they're going there for. Uh-oh. They intercepted some gold bars oh, that they buried. Geez. And they got to go find them gold bars and get that money. Oh, I'm sure they do. Now, the four surviving bloods are played by Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and <laughs> I mean, 
and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Yeah. Now, when they first meet, you know, it's like, oh, hey, blood, you know, that kind of thing. They're in the hotel. They're doing their whole thing. And they have to have someone guide them to where they need to be, all of that. So this is, of course, suspicious. I mean, four black men showing up in Vietnam going into the jungle. Okay. Now, if they get this gold, you can't just have gold and get money out of it. Somebody's <laughs> got to do some sort of exchange. You got to hide it from the government. Like, yeah. So who's the go-between? Well, that's where Jean Renault comes in. Ah! Playing De Roche. Now, they call him De Roche. <laughs> Okay. Oh, of course. Is he a trustworthy character? Uh, no, because he never is. <laughs> never please trustworthy. Now, Clark Peters' character, Otis, he had a relationship in Vietnam. So this woman he had a relationship with, maybe she can help him out. There's also something that maybe he left behind when he went back to the States. So that's an interesting thing happening. No, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I can't tell. <laughs> Don't tell us. Now, when it comes to, I'll tell you, um, Norm Lewis's character Eddie, and Isaiah Whitlock's uh, junior character Melvin, we don't really get as much from them. But there is something later on in the film because this is a Spike Lee movie, so it's like two and a half hours. Of course. Later and on in the film, you learn something about Norm Lewis's character Eddie. Because from the beginning, he's the one going, hey, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for this. Why? I'll leave that for you to find out. And then there's Paul, played by Delroy Lindo, who really, this is his movie. Him first, Clark Peters, and Jonathan Majors, which I'll get to in a second. So Paul is bothered. I'll put it that way. He ain't happy, even to this day. He's haunted by the past. Why? He is very disagreeable. His son, who's played by Jonathan Majors, David, they don't get along. Why not? So that's a big thing. And what is David's role in this? What is it? I won't even tell you that either. But it's something. So these four remaining bloods, the question is, can they get the remains? Can they get the gold? And if they do, can they keep it? Now, this movie is about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's not only about dealing with the repercussions of war, not just from Vietnam vets from the States, but also in Vietnam itself. Also the whole just military industrial complex but also dealing with um, black men in this situation, the history of black men in this situation, the history of black people, period. Okay, the United States, what happens when you have war, not just war that's international, but also domestic and not just from the hands of people in the military, okay? What happens with political systems, with money? What's going on between fathers and sons? Oh my gosh. What's what? going on with uh, romantic relationships? What happens when you have PTSD? What happens when you go to the doctor? What are they going to give you to treat it? And I'm missing about a thousand things. Jeez. 
all in two and a half hours. Now, this is Spike Lee. Spike Lee is messy. We know this. And when he's brilliant, the mess makes sense. When he's brilliant, you go from one seemingly disjointed moment to another and it all flows. There's a magic to it. Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, do the right thing. There's a magic. We don't have that magic here, my friends. Yeah. Now, compared to Black Klansmen, I like this better. Okay. That's me. I did not like Black Klansmen. No, I did not. Oh, and say it. Say it. Okay. It was a mess. And well, I say that forcefully because I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. He huge. is one of the main influences on me watching anything. So no, I know it when I smell it and it ain't right. And what I'm noticing ref is like you said, we got like a hundred people writing with him now. Yeah, it's just too much. Spike, write alone or write with one other person. That's when you had your success. We don't need all these people in it. And what I suspect is look, Spike is like, y'all write some of it and I'll come and clean it up. Mm-hmm. You know, no. <laughs> and a lot of it, it's old. Like, I've heard, we've ho- heard Holly Weird before from you, Spike. Like, we need a new lingo. It just feels retro in a way that is overdone. Now, I was not bored ever watching this. And I think that he casted it well because these actors lift it up as much as they can. It's not bad. It's just not what Spike can be. And I'm a Spike fan. I'm not going to be like a lot of these other people saying, oh, it's so great because it's timely. Mm. No. Now, for the acting, Clark Peters is always wonderful. Oh, I just, yeah. I just like the man, his presence. Even in Harriet. Yes. Like, it was, it, it, he had little to do. <laughs> he, he is, he's amazing. Amazing. Heart, intelligence, just love watching him. You'll see what happens to him. Love that whole storyline. See, that's the thing. Like, there are like a hundred movies in here that Spike could do a whole movie on. It would be good. It would be great. <laughs> but if you have a hundred together, you gotta be really good. Now, Isaiah Woodlock Jr. is always the comic relief. That's what he's there for. And he doesn't yeah. disappoint. Um, we have Norm Lewis. Who's there? <laughs> I'll put it that way. He's there. And he does his job when it's called upon him to do so. Stage veteran, Norm Lewis knows what he's doing. And can sing. Scandal show. (laughs) Jonathan Majors. Oh, come on. I'm a huge fan. We love him. There's no reason not to love him after seeing this again. Always, I mean, they trained him well. Juliet. He knows what he's doing. So it was nice to see him pair with Delroy Lindo. And Delroy Lindo doesn't hold back. I would tell you that. This ain't the good fight, Delroy Lindo. Well, I can't even imagine then if that's... Because <laughs> he's pretty off the chain on that. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, he is... He doesn't trust anybody, not his son, no one, nothing. He... It, it, it's a lot. Okay. okay? So they're all there doing their jobs. And then you also have... Uh, a lot of international actors, not just Jean Renault and 
and others. Um, Spike casted some of the other people from Black Klansmen. Uh, old boy from uh, Vikings is back. And and like you said, so is uh, Paul Walter Hauser is back. But also we have Vietnamese actors um, doing it. So it was nice to see them. So there, there are things to recommend here. I will say that it can be violent and the camera stays. Now, one thing that Spike likes to do is to splice in real footage of real history. Yeah. And it's tough. But Spike Lee, and we've always said this, Ref, is one of the very best documentarians ever to live. Okay? And when he splices this footage together, it is effective. He brings it in at the right time. You feel it. That is a documentary he could just make. Yeah. He just knows how, to, and that's what I mean with the rhythm of it. When you watch that editing, everybody, and then watch the other scenes, just see what the difference is, okay? Just see what the difference is. Also, the the score by uh, Terrence Blanchard is always great. Yeah. A master. But they also use Marvin Gaye. Uh-oh. Very smart. Very. But you go, okay, a black movie about Vietnam, of course you have Marvin Gaye. But the way that they use Marvin. When you get toward the end, one of, they take the music out. It's just him singing. And so like, I'm watching this going, oh, there's a great movie in here. It, there is one, I could, we could put it together and it would be an hour and a half. <laughs> now, I think that if you are, <laughs> if you are at all interested in this, it's on Netflix. Watch it. Is it timely? Yes. Will you learn some things? Yes. Will it be bracing at times? Yes. But I was not disappointed in watching it. I am not upset that I spent that much time watching it. I watched it ref on my iPad and on the television. It looks great. Either way, looks just absolutely great. So there you go from my perspective. As a lifelong Spike Lee fan, I would put this in the middling category for him. Not the worst, definitely not the best. But I, again, I think if you're at all interested that you should watch it. Well, there you have it. We've got some TV shows for you. We've got a sneak peek and a first look. So like we said earlier, if you're tiptoeing outside because things are slowly opening, you can always retreat back inside after you've done your little duty outside and um, check out some of these some of these offerings we have for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.